It's oh so quiet. It's oh so still. It's oh so quiet. Oh, and so peaceful until. Hey, everybody, it is the week in the tackle podcast midweek laryngitis special with me i got my voice back tom rennie and his voice never goes it can't be taken from him the ladies man brian dunseth how are you mate you okay yeah i i am fantastic tom rennie it's good to hear your voice uh it was even better to hear your robot voice uh i did enjoy that (laughs) i don't know if you caught the teaser but robot voice Tom Rennie did make an appearance, um, and and I'm I'm glad you're feeling better. I, One I, of your amazing impressions, yes. like your you can yes. do the Irish, you can, I can do. I mean, don't do the Jamaican one here, but that's very good. Uh, and you can also do robots as mm-hmm. well. I, I kind of want you to be my satnav. I, I can do that. I can do yeah. that. It would be a bit of a stretch in terms of uh, my responsibilities, but I think I can uh, I, I can aspire to succeed in that realm for you. So I am back. Uh, it's been a rough, I mean, I hopefully we'll get through today's program, but uh, did the Merseyside Derby on Wednesday, and then we had Grumpy Pundits on Sirius on the Thursday, and my throat was a bit sore. But, you know, it's a bit of a, a hazard of this job, so I was mm. like, fine, it, it'll be fine. You know, I'll have a cup of tea or whatever. Got to Thursday night. UK time, gone, completely gone. I couldn't get a sound out of my voice, which mm. was sweet relief for all Rennie's living in my house. <laughs> it was Tasha happy. <laughs> and uh, But for me, it was a bit like, oh, dear, this is a big problem. You know, laryngitis in this business is a massive, massive problem. I mean, it goes without saying, but everyone is afraid of it. Um, so I had to cancel Friday's Grumpy Pundits, which I hate because I love doing Dumpster Fire Friday. Uh, I was meant to be going to West Ham Chelsea. On Saturday, I was meant to be sitting next to Neil Barnett, who, by the way, after West Ham beat Chelsea, still had the audacity to tweet a couple of days later, I thought Ruben Loftus-Cheek outplayed Declan Rice. Oh, boy. I mean, I know oh you're 68, Neil, but you've had your eyes done, right? Are his cataracts okay? Can we check? <laughs> Otherwise, it's a waste of a seat in these games. Um, but I was meant to be sitting next to Neil for the game, and we, we couldn't go last year together because of the, the closure. Mm. Um, no fans, uh, and we couldn't go the one before that again for the same reason because it was during Project Restart. So the last time we went to the West Ham Chelsea game together was the drabbest of crappiest nil nils like three years ago. So I always like to go with Neil if I can. We're not allowed to go Chelsea together because I think they hate him. Uh, so <laughs> he can't take a friend <laughs> or me. They hate one of us. I was going to say hate him or hate you. To be fair, he gets in, so it's probably me. Okay. Um, then I was I was meant to be doing Watford Man City cancelled. I was meant to be going to Aston Villa Leicester on Sunday. I've not been mm. to Villa Park for, for a long time. Um, so that's cancelled. Then I had to cancel this on Monday. I had to cancel some other bits. Yeah. I was going to be on Talk Sport on Monday, cancelled for the weekend review thing. I mean, it didn't come back till Tuesday night, basically, my voice. Yeah. I couldn't speak for five full days well li- um, listen yeah. probably the best thing to happen to you was not going to aston villa leicester city because had you have actually been in the presence of steven gerrard you would have realized that he is a robot with yes. zero personality yes he is a very drab man but i feel oh. like if there's one skill that i have it's to get personality out of people i mean 
if anyone out there does see Brian Dunseth in the street, approach him. Boring mm. as hell. Yes. But on Miracle this program worker. with me, <laughs> incredibly entertaining. America's raconteur in many ways. Yeah. That's because of the skill that I have in mm. pulling personality from this just plank of wood in a hat. Mm. Yes. So I have to sit opposite on a regular basis. That, that is uh, defensively aggressive, and I yes. appreciate it. I appreciate uh, it. Another piece of news before we get to the football. Um, I've got glasses again as well. Do you notice yeah. this? My glasses are back. Yeah, what, 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 what happened? Um, so it turns out in the old days, and maybe this is just in my memory, you could go to a, an, an optician, an optometrist, hmm. and you'd get your prescription done, and then they'd be like, right, what glasses do you want? Okay, yeah. give us an hour. Yeah. So I assume that's what life was still like. <laughs> here's the frames. Yeah. So like here's I the want frame. These. Pop the lens in and yeah. you know, come back in an hour. I yeah. remember my first ever pair of glasses, which I got in Hornchurch town center, uh, when I was like, I don't know, 14 or something. That was the case. I went to the pub that I worked in, had a quick drink, came back, and there's my glass there were my glasses. At 14, so, you had a quick drink at the pub. Yes, I did, oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, look at me. I've always uh, looked 40. What's the, they're just, already closed. You have a clean bill of health. Uh, yes, absolutely. The, the, okay. the Elm Park Hotel is now closed down. I think <laughs> the reasons uh, you're discovering are, are obvious. obvious. Yes, yes. Are obvious. Hey, by uh, the way, are you nearsighted or farsighted? Just for clarification. I can't see distance. So what's that? Okay. So I'm short-sighted. Yeah, that, nearsighted. That means? Yeah, we call it nearsighted here. Short-sighted, yes. that makes sense. Yeah. And I can't okay. see things. In so this, so we'd probably be so it's okay. It's like a pair here. of binoculars. Like you basically yes. need binoculars. You can see so what's that, in front of you, but anything further than 10 feet away, you have binoculars. But I made the mistake of going and thinking it'd be an hour. And they were like, yeah, be about two weeks. And I was two like, oh, weeks. dear. So I, I was quite lucky I had to pull out of, West, uh, of the Man City game because I wouldn't be able to see it. <laughs> So do, do, you, do you not use like contacts? Do you, do you ever use contacts? Cannot get them in my eyes. Really? Can't get them in. I've got real like slitty eyes. And when I like, they touch your eyes, they're really yeah. thin. And so like my eyes do this weird flutter thing. <laughs> Can't do you, it. You have uncontrollable fluttering? I do. An uncontrollable uh, flutter. A bit like Mora when so she met Tommy Fury yeah. in Love Island. <laughs> but it wasn't her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great reference. I'm continuing this no, Love Island joke. And, and I have no idea what the Love Island joke is, but I, I feel like it slaps right now. Yes. <laughs> if what was fluttering was slapping, she's got serious issues. Should we start the show? <laughs> Let's do it. What to talk about? I mean, there's loads of stuff on the weekend. We're a bit delayed for the weekend, but mm. I did want to mention something that I thought was really cool. Uh, West Ham beat Chelsea. So that was really cool. It was. That was an excellent thing. It was. Um, I was going to miss the game. I was going not to go, but I did watch it on the TV. I got to spend Saturday at home watching games on the TV and eating pizza. Mm. So it wasn't the worst thing ever. Um, but I celebrated quietly. Incredibly, I didn't make a sound when Masaraku's definite <laughs> shot went in. <laughs> Um, have you just died? <laughs> Did Danny just kill no, you? I figured over? that's what you sounded like. <laughs> Sorry, that was like that bit when, um, that was like your last breath. That was like the bit when Moana's grand dies. That was very depressing. <laughs> Are you going to come I back just, as a yeah, stingray almost, or manatee? I almost did, I almost did die right also, there. Also, spoiler I was, alert I was for just any kids the, out there. I know, right? You just killed the story. I, I was just imagining that's what you sounded like. It, yes. And, and the ladies of the house, the women of the house, must have been yes. uh, incredibly excited. Um, family show. I mean, I, I, what they were doing is their business. I watched the football on my own. Um, but I thought West Ham were great. And what I liked about it is that, um, you know, they changed formation like four times in the game. Mm. And this is what you talk about a lot about in-game management and how difficult it is. And you look at new managers that come into teams 
and like they've got one formation, but they've got another formation. And trying to change that in game is so hard. Hmm. Like West Ham began a 3 4 3, didn't quite work. Chelsea dominated the ball, didn't create much, but pot shots. That may have been the plan. They then went to 3 5 2. They then went to like 4 6 0. <laughs> and the end of the game again is a 3 4 3. They had injuries to like their best center half got injured in the game. Yeah. yeah. And all sorts of problems. But like that in game management. And again, like, it was just so impressive and it was a bit lucky. It was a cross that went in, but you know, it raised so many questions firstly about just what West Ham can actually do without me sort of joking about it. They've beaten Liverpool. They've beaten Man City on penalties. They've beaten Man United in the Moose Cup. Yeah. Um, They've beaten Tottenham, beaten Leicester, you know, they beat and and they're not losing games. They hadn't lost the game by more than one goal for 40 games now, which is crazy. You know, if they lose, they just lose. Um, and it also raises loads of questions about Chelsea too. As you know, I picked them to win the league. But it's another week where you're like, can they? Can they win the league? I mean, they brought Lukaku on. How long is it going to take for Lukaku to come back? You know, it's it's the kind of game you want to blow your nose at in many ways. Yeah, you, you do. You got to get it out. Um, you would hope that this is kind of the moment where he's declared... I guess, clear. And now it's just about building fitness and sharpness back to wherever he needs to be. Because I haven't understood the management of Lukaku because ultimately, if you just say, okay, he's good for 20 minutes, he's good for 30 minutes, he's good for a half. Um, there's kind of that old, that old narrative of, well, if he's good enough to be on the bench, he's good enough to start, right? You've got to be able to take the risk. So I understand it's a management thing. The question that I have is, Without Lukaku, are you getting the best out of Timo Werner? No. Are you getting the best out of Kai Havertz? No. Are you getting the best out of Ziyech? Maybe. Are you getting the best out of uh, Christian Pulisic? I don't know. I'm not even sure what position you want to play him. This idea of a false nine or having a real nine, whatever, it doesn't matter. The, the reality, though, is it's a team that when it finds itself chasing, statistically has a little bit of an issue. Um, and Mendy probably had his worst game as a Chelsea goalkeeper. Mm. On the other side... For West Ham, I think they're going to have their blips, just like any team's going to have their blips. We've seen all the big dogs have blips this year. But I'll tell you what, man, the, the, there's a there's a self-belief and there's a fight in this group. Um, the only question I have is with Zuma and Agbana being out injured, mm. wh- is this going to force them into the market in January? Um, because if they do have realistic goals of being a, a European-finished at the end of the season, I think they're going to need some help. They're going to need yeah. some depth um, because I think it's a, it's a fun team to watch. They've got the piss and vinegar in them. Um, but ultimately, it's not going to be these big boys. It's going to be the games like Wolves that are going to determine if they're European team at the end of the season or not. There's a brilliant line uh, that Cockney say, which I always enjoy. I have no idea what it actually means, right? Well, I know what it means in terms of uh, what, it, what, what the intention is, but I don't know where it comes from. But it's in the movie Lockstock, I think. Mm. And uh, West Ham just got taken over. Second largest shareholder is a guy called Daniel Kretinsky now. Yeah. Uh, Czech, Czech right? billionaire. Yeah. yeah. And what we need to see now in January is the fiber of his fabric, mm. which means show us the money, yeah. right? Yeah. Because the door's open. And I was reminded by a friend of mine that seven years ago, uh, West Ham were third in the Premier League on 27 points at this stage of the season. And the manager was, was Big Sam at mm. the time. And they had an incredible start to the season. They'd just beaten Liverpool at home. 
and uh, looked really, really good. I think Morgan Amalfitano scored for West Ham. Okay, wow. Uh, you know, it's an old name. Bit of a stretch for that one. Um, and then in January, they didn't sign anybody and finished, I think, 10th. Perfectly respectable. I think mm-hmm. they've just come up. But the door was open. Currently, the door is open. The money has got to be spent. And if it's not, if they don't get in a centre-half, my man Jay Ling's, one or two others, what a wasted opportunity it's going to be. Because next year, Man United can't possibly be this bad. And it's the same for two or three others as well. Let, 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 to be clear, did uh, Ratitsky, did he clear the debt as well? No. The debt okay. remains. The okay, debt, debt remains. remains. There's there's debt management involved in it, but it's okay. actually worth six billion pounds. Okay. Uh, and if that doesn't get you Jesse Lingard, uh, I just don't know what will. <laughs> and I wouldn't even get you a J Ling's jumper on the website. Um, one other thing from this game, we're going to move on to some other bits, but I don't know if you saw the women's FA Cup final, uh, I did which not. was on Saturday. Sam Kerr, Sam Kerr scored though, right? Oh, the Sam Kerr goal. She's fantastic. I mean, man Such, alive. Yeah. This is a sensational. You know, the chip on the goalkeeper. You know, it is one of the best technical goals you're going to ever see at Wembley Stadium. Like, superb. On the run, right-hand side. The chip, it's like Davos Suka on Schmeichel, uh, for, for reference for those that haven't seen it. Um, but I, I didn't see, I only saw the highlights of the game, so I can't talk about it with any great knowledge. Uh, Chelsea won it after we lost it. Uh, but I did want to mention this. So in the West Ham game, I'm going to tie this together nicely. Um, when West Ham were making one of their many, many tactical switches, David Moyes wrote a note. I saw and the note. Declan the note pulled came it out. on yeah. with one player. I think it came on with, with Masuaku. I can't remember now. Came on with one player. Four now, I think. Who gave it to another player, gave it to another player, gave it to Declan Rice. And it was like, we're going back to three, four, four, three or whatever. And then they're, they're reorganizing the note. Now, we've seen this before. I saw one recently where a player got a note and he put it down next to the post. Mm. And it was against Aston Villa. I forget the opponent. Uh, but Tyrone Mings of Aston Villa went to the note and picked it up and he read it and he was like, oh, so they're going five at the Beckman. So we'll do a reorganization. Yeah. Because yeah. it was written. Yeah. Uh, something happened in the women's FA Cup final that I'd love to get your view on. Uh, Jonas Ideval is the Arsenal manager. Okay. And he kept holding up cards during the game. One was a red card and one was a blue card. I got this from Molly Hudson, the, the, the women's sports writer at the time. But I've seen the, a bit of the video since. Uh, she was there, I believe. He was holding up these cards. And everyone was like, why is he holding up these cards? What's he doing? Well, it turns out that blue card was one formation, but red Genius. card was the other formation. So, it was a st- so no notes, no... I mean, there was about... I think there was, there was thousands at Wembley. I haven't got the number, but really good turnout. Yeah, it wasn't about 50, 45, 50,000? Real decent, like yeah, yeah, 40 plus, I believe. Incredible. And you can't hear things, right? You've been in Pack Stadiums. You can't yeah. hear things. Um so it was that red card, this formation, blue card, this formation. What do you think to this? I love it. I love it. I, I tell the story, you know, Ray Hudson, everyone knows Ray Hudson, Rocky Ray Hudson. He was my coach in Miami. And I tell this story all the time because it's one of my favorite stories. Tyro Marshall, who was uh, a professional player, Jamaican international, uh, played all over Major League Soccer, was an assistant out in Salt Lake. He currently was filling in in Cincinnati after Yop Stom got fired. Incredible story, Tom. We're in Miami. And I hear Ray going, Tyrone, Tyrone. And we're both center backs. I'm left side center back, Tyrone's right center back. And I look over and he's Ray's just getting, Tyrone, Tony, get Tyrone. And I look over at T and I go, Tyrone, Ray wants you. He goes, nope. <laughs> I go, no, Ray wants you. And he goes, I'm not looking. And I was like, I look over at Ray and I was like, you got to look. 
and he looked like Doc from Back in the Future. He's got longer <laughs> hair. He's pulling his hair out, and he's going, Tyrone, I fucking love you, man, but I fucking hate you. And that was, that, sorry, Tim. What? That was that was that it was, too. That's, that's the two all, you that's get for the day. That's all I get. Uh, slap the hand. Um, but that was like that was the that was the way of communicating, right? It was like it was playing telephone down the line to get somebody's attention yeah. to recognize what we were doing. And and some of those stadiums, you know, I played at the the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, ninety thousand people. Yeah, you can't, can't hear, hear anything. Dick, no. like. It's all verbal. It's it's all it's all body cues, right? You're you're screaming at somebody. It doesn't matter. So the idea of holding up a blue card or a red card, as long as you can get everyone's attention, yeah. And, I mean, it's 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 incredible planning. I'll tell you that. Hey guys or or ladies, blue card pops up. We're gonna play four two three one. If why the red is it not more common? Because I think theoretically this sounds really good. And I don't yeah. know baseball well, but they do the whole like blah, 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 like hands yeah. and the like hand signals, touch yeah. this, spit yeah. here pull your bollock up, that sort of thing. And that's yeah. why, you know, I do a certain adjust thing and all that. Yeah. yeah, All that sort of stuff. I said, pull the bollock up. You said, adjust the cup. That's because you used your two for the day. Um, <laughs> it's not swearing in America, is it? So say as much as you want. Um, for listeners in England, we can only apologize. Um, but I mean, why is this not more of a thing? Because I thought this was genius. But you know, like, I think it's a great idea, but I expect someone who's in the game to tell me why it's stupid. Mm. Maybe There's, they need luck to be the rainbow amount of cards because next no. week you know blue is four four two. No, I I would equate it to it, it's like you know wh- why did someone all of a sudden come up with the idea to widen the toothpaste in the cap because it brings out toothpaste quicker. That means it runs out faster. That means that you're going to end up buying more toothpaste. Well, that's a simple. Why idea. didn't why I? Is this new? I, what, did you know? Did this? you not know that that somebody widened the toothpaste cap the hole? Yeah. The hole Who, to make it when wider. When did this happen? I don't know when it happened. I In what company did it happen? Probably like Crest. This this sounds like one of those old wives' tales. I'm not sure no, this is true. Like a flip cap versus like a spin cap, and it's a little bit wider than the other ones. Yeah. So originally the two same with ketchup was so... same with ketchup. All the condiments, bigger holes comes out faster. You use more, that ends up it goes out quicker. That means the, you end up buying it more often. But the ketchup cap used to be massive in a glass bottle. Now it's a squeezy little cap. Yeah. Like a pucker hole. Well, but yeah, as you know, you're smashing the back of a ketchup bottle or yes. you're using like the, have you ever used a knife? You, you, you know what the trick is, right? What? You put the knife, if you ever have a a, a, a glass bottle of ketchup, yeah. you use the knife, you poke it, and then you just turn it a little, pull it out, and then you use, and then you dump it and you hit it once and then it's like everywhere. It's all out. I'm guessing... Faster that you have had colonic irrigation at some point in your life? Um, I mean, I run a lot. So after I do protein shakes, usually the next morning, or if you lose a hot sauce challenge, Tim can talk about this. He had yes. the, uh, he, he knows it comes out as hot as it goes in. <laughs> I want to talk about Divokarigi a little bit um, because calm down, yeah. calm down. <laughs> yeah. You're not buying? Oh, he's a, he's a legend. He's a Liverpool legend. I mean, I just, honestly, I just thought, what a load of toss that was after he scored at the weekend. Look, fair enough. He scored the second goal in an already won Champions League final. So that's, I don't take that away from his status. Uh, that's absolutely fine. But all this, like, you know, I, I was watching Match of the Day on Saturday and they were talking about... Um, 
you know, how, how brave it is and how brilliant it is that he's been happy to play like 50 games in seven years. Mm. And there was, you know, some, I think Michael Owen was talking about it after we scored in the Champions League in midweek. And it's like, you know, some players wouldn't do it. Yeah, people who respect themselves wouldn't do it, right? So this whole thing about him being like, what a brave, what a brave hero he is. What a, what a tremendous, what a tremendous example he is. Look, Debo Karigi, and I don't take this away from him at all because it's his life, but he gets 50 grand a week and most Saturdays off. And 50 grand a week is a conservative estimate. I don't have the accounts for Liverpool Football Club, but I imagine it's more, but that's a conservative. Yeah, right? maybe more, yeah. But let's just say 50 grand a week and he plays 20 games a year. He isn't there for the love of Liverpool. And he's not there because, um, oh, and he, he gets to play in the big games, the big moments, the big competitions. He's real. And I would do this, by the way. It's like yeah. being second choice goalkeeper. That's why Scott Carson's going to play to his 108. Yeah. yeah. Because you don't play. You go into training. Every now and then you score against Lincoln or in a dead rubber Champions League game against Milan. And you get full wages. Why would he go and, why would he go and be West Ham striker? or Newcastle striker right yeah. now yeah. where he's got to play every week and people are going to judge him. He comes on and does nothing. Nobody cares. He comes on and scores a goal and people are like, what a legend. Hmm. No, he's not a legend. He's doing it as his career. Good luck to him, but take the posters down. Let's not fall to our knees at the mural. You know, <laughs> he's just doing it for his career. Good luck to him. It's he like someone who says the person who does data entry holds up the company or mm. the person on the front desk of a reception of a big, a big company who acts like they own the place. Yeah. No, no. Liverpool. No, you've got legends. <laughs> this ain't one of them. No, he, he, he scores bangers and game winners. That's pretty much what he does. He scores bangers and game winners. I get it though. Listen, Rennie, if you and I were still playing the game, um, and you could play at a Champions League qualifying club every single year. Yeah. And get your, I don't know, what is it, 20 or 30 grand bonus just making the bench? Amazing. You're, you're, you're chilling, right? You're, you're okay. I, I also, I mean, he doesn't want to go back to, he was at Wolfsburg, right? Wolfsburg, I think, on loan. Yes, yes. Like, do you really want to go back to Wolfsburg on loan? It's like, no play, disrespect to the people of, of Wolfsburg, but, like, you know, you, you don't want to be... Once you get no, but I want to. I, I want people who want to play. I know, but like but this Rene, is because you know, you know what, once you get a certain amount of money, right? Like whatever your rate is. Let, let's let's talk like our world, right? Whatever yes. your game rate is, Not whatever enough. your like. I say say your game rate. I'll, I'll throw out some fanciful numbers. Say you say you're making I don't know four grand a game to call yes. to call a broadcast game. If somebody said to you, "Hey, Rennie, uh, we'll give you, um, we'll we'll take you to the championship and we'll give you two grand a game." Well, yeah. Do I get more games? No, well, yeah, you'll get more I wanna, games. I want to play. But one Premier League game a month or 10 championship games a month at four grand a game I, or I one know. grand a game, I, I would know. do the games because I want to work. But there's also that person that's going to sit there and say, well, I like my role. I'm comfortable. I like playing with the best players in the world. The fact that I'm at Liverpool will then immediately get me into the national team because I'm still Divock Origi, yeah. Belgian national. Uh, I, I get it. I, everyone's oh, I get, got a no, role I get, to play. I get it, and I, I, I respect him for it, but just calm it down. Like He's yeah. not a legend. He, he's happy to be fourth choice, no mark, occasional goal in the last-minute striker. No problem with it, but let's not put him in the same league as like Ian Rush. Is you he just I mean? a legend like, because of Champions League goal? 
Is that scored, why he's he scored a goal in a game that was already won, and he's come off the bench a few times and scored late on in games they haven't won. I mean, if if he never know, plays again, what will he be known as? The guy that scored in a Champions League final, right? You won't remember him. You'll, no, it'll I, be a you, quiz question. That's it. It'll be a quiz question. Yeah. It'd be a quiz question like who played on the right wing for Man United in the 1999 Champions League final? <laughs> and the answer is Steve Akarigi. No. <laughs> Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It's Carol Paborski. Oh, Carol. Okay. Or, or was it Jordi Cruyff now? I forget. Oh, Jordi. everyone does. Yeah. Jesper Blumpquist. Thank you. I knew it was one of those useless people from the 90s. Jesper Blumpquist. <laughs> thank you. That's why I lost that pub quiz. I knew I shouldn't have gone up there. Um, it was not, I lost his five grand, but there you go. You know, mm. just because no one talks to me anymore, I don't get invited out again. Doesn't mean that I'm a bad person, Bill. Um, but like, he could get 90% of clubs in like all football. Yeah. Because he, and he ain't got a mortgage to pay. And it does make a massive difference. And I feel like the footballer class, the rich modern footballer class, don't quite get that comparison. And like the audience don't really get it. The moment your bills are over, you get a lot more freedom. Yeah. His bills are over, and yeah. he's decided to be well, semi-employed. Well, and more power to him. But it, but it, it's not just him. And, and you know, the, the most amount of money I ever made as a footballer probably was about 150 grand when it was all said and done. Like 150 grand. So this was like late 90s or, you know, early 2000s. And I thought I made it, man. Like, I thought I made it. I was making really great money. But then you put in perspective of what that money is versus like today's money. Yeah. It's it's not even close. Like the guy, there's a guy that I would say, Justin Glad, he plays for Real Salt Lake, played for the under 20s, played for the 23s. He's going to be an MLS lifer, nothing more, nothing less. He's not going to be a national team player. He'll get a cup of coffee. I would say he's kind of like the direct equivalent to what I was. Kid makes 680 grand a year. Mm. 680 grand. I retired in 2006, 2021. You go from like 120 grand without bonuses to 680. So it shows you kind of the growth of the league and what we're looking like. That's nothing compared to what these premier league players are playing or are making week in week out. Even the most average of championship players are are up to 20, 25 grand a week, which is crazy. It's absurd. It's outrageous. Uh, But that's just what the market is. So I don't begrudge any of those guys make your money, I wish you all the best. Am I jealous? Am I envious? Absolutely. But I, I'm happy for you. Take care of your money. Take care yeah, of your family. Too. Do all that stuff. But at the same time, then we'll take, let, let's, okay, we're using Divock Origi. Think about like a Lionel Messi. Think about a Cristiano Ronaldo. Think about uh, a Gareth Bale. Think about an Eden Hazard. Uh, think about a Neymar. Say, I'm just going to use those five. Like, what's the difference between those five? It's not just injuries. It's also kind of this internal drive to be the best. So mm. if we ever tried to say Eden Hazard, Gareth Bale, they want to be the best in the world. Do they? I would yeah. question, do they? Because when I watch Messi and I watch Cristiano Ronaldo, I absolutely know that it has nothing to do with money. That is just pure drive and pride to be the best, right? Neymar, I'm kind of on the fence with. But yeah. I think those five just kind of show you at some point, it's never about the money. It's just about the internal desire to be the best. Neymar wants to be the best at tequila shots on his sister's birthday. Mm. Um, we're going to move on, but one final line on this, and I want someone out there to answer this question for me. There was a black and white movie that I once watched, and there's a line from it I use all the time, but I can't remember the movie or why I watched it. And there's a great line, and it's like an actor in it. The, the actors that was playing actors in this movie. And the guy, 
they're talking about these two characters. One of them is, is he's like, well, he's gone. He's left the production. It's like, why is he left the production? And he says, some people would rather be top of the second division than bottom of the first. And I love that quote, but I can't remember the movie. But that's Debo Karigi. He's happy to be bottom of the first division than he is top of the second. Good luck to him, but he's not a legend. Can we talk about your time uh, this week? Because you were at yet another MLS game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yet, poor old RSL turns mm. out not, yeah, not the, so good. You, you, can't, that, you can't outhouse your way all no. the way through. Eventually, they had to try and win a game, which he, blew it. Yeah, they did. They did blow it. Um, and I feel bad for the guys because it was an incredible run thinking about all the circumstances that they found themselves in. I was in Portland. I, my son and I, I, I wanted to take my wife. My wife didn't want to go. Then I wanted to take my older boy. My older boy had too many games he wanted to play. Then I wanted to take my mom, but my mom physically couldn't go because my brother's up in Portland. Punk drummer. He had a mohawk this time. He, last time he had dreads down to his back. Um, so they hadn't seen each other in a while. So I take Micah, Micah, my middle boy, he's obsessed with my brother. So there's like kind of these things happening. He's never really hung out wait, with my wait, brother. Wait, 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 yeah. wait. Yeah. So you took Micah, but yeah. does he know he was like 15th choice? Does he know you asked the mailman first? No, he knew, he knew that it wasn't his turn. So we, right, we okay, kind of do fine. this whole things like everybody gets a turn or whatever. So I surprised him and I told if him. If the guy at the bus go. stop says no, I yeah. might take you if he, you're lucky. Now clean your room. Yeah, but by the way, this kid probably is the most deserving on the fact that he's so in love with the game. So it ended up being perfect anyways. So yeah, we fly up, uh, we go to the game. You're not uh, daddy's actually, favorite, Micah, just get used to it. Yeah, he's... Uh, he, daddy doesn't love you, Micah, I'm sorry. He, he's my spitting image, that's the scary part. I was with John Strong, Stu Holden, Alexi Lawless after the game having dinner, and they were like, dude, this is like mini you sitting next to you. It's so crazy. Oh, we have the same mannerisms, all the things. Um, but yeah, we so... Positive side of this, he met. He finally got to hang out with my brother. We convinced my brother to fly out. Uh, I bought him a ticket. He's going to come for Christmas. Randy, it's going to be the first time my whole family's together in like 15 years for Christmas. Wow. And like my brother always says no. So it's like this weird family dynamic thing happened that I was not expecting that I had to like call my wife and be like, hey, by the way, I invited my brother for Christmas. Uh, awkward so he's gonna stay with us and gonna bring a different element but yeah my sister's coming in from chicago anyways so some great things did happen yeah great things did happen we go to the game you've never been there's this place called voodoo donut it's like the coolest of donuts that you've ever seen and i know some people like i don't know if it's called blue star or something else there's like competitive donut shops in portland and if you tweet about one other the other group are like that sucks bro voodoo sucks and i'm like whatever man um so did you find let, let's go off on a segue here did yeah. you find that the donut to be particularly special what donut did you have so um, they they have one special? that's because like yeah, they're always like, a bit yeah disappointing aren't they they just taste yeah. like donuts it, no. at best they taste like donuts yeah I, I i always go for the apple fritter i'm an apple fritter guy apple fritters are always the perfect um, you can never really screw up an apple fritter. Which is like, is it like, is that like an apple turnover? How do you explain, no, like, do you explain uh, an apple fritter? It, it's basically like dough and yes. it's kind of like, it's brown. It's brownish on the outside. It's got pieces of apple. You can have like blueberry, you can have raspberry. Actual apple, like dried yeah, apple. Yeah, there's like, yeah, like pieces of, of apple that's cooked inside, like whatever, uh, dropped into oil and cooked that way with apple inside of it. So it's still warm and fresh when you bite into it. And then there's like a glaze, sugary covering that's on the outside. So that's like, it's called an apple fritter. I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. It's yeah. really, really good. If Sounds nice. If, yeah, it's good. Um, so like a donut. So Micah got 
it's called the Homer, which is like the pink donut oh, from the, the Simpsons. Simpson. With, yeah, yeah, course, with like yeah. the sprinkle stuff on top. Then he got we got two we got three voodoo donuts, which is basically like a long john with like strawberry or I think it was like strawberry raspberry filling inside, chocolate on top, but it, it was built with arms and it's got like a pretzel stick in it and it's got like a face, which is oh, like yeah. their voodoo donut logo. So we got that okay. one. Okay, all right. Let me and then this. Micah. Mike is a name kid. He's kind of like the kid that's obsessed with like naughty stuff. Not that he's naughty, but he's obsessed with things that could be naughty. So there was something called the old dirty bastard. <laughs> so we got the old dirty bastard, which was, I believe, a glazed donut with Oreo, like crushed Oreo on top. And then it had, I don't know if it was like a peanut butter because I didn't try it or it was, it was something that was kind of like peanut butter-esque on top of it. It was called the old dirty bastard. So he oh, here we go. That. A raised ring with chocolate frosting, chocolate cream filled cookies, and peanut butter drizzle. There you go. Old dirty bastard. Yep. Yeah, that looks very good. That it was. And good. then the last one, we got a maple bacon bar. So it had two strips of bacon on a maple bar, which is like a long john, except with like the maple covering. Um, and then we actually, it comes in a pink box. So we literally traveled home with the box. He and I both had. This is a very you know, Americana thing. This yeah. this is like vintage yeah. Americana. I, I mean, you, you wonder why we have weight issues here in the United States. It could be because <laughs> this is like a thing. Anyways, yeah. it was fantastic. Game, five minutes in, Aaron Herrera, the right back, who's kind of on the brink of being called in the national team. He's the right back as the ball comes in. Instead of clearing the ball with his left foot, like, you know, inside the left foot and just hoofing it, he tries to like jut out at it with his right foot, hits the attacking player Mora, which then first time balls past the goalkeeper. They're down one nothing five minutes in. Incredible environment, the stadium, the people, fantastic stuff in Portland. Uh, and then they get their second in the second half. Uh, RSL mm-hmm. tried to come back at the end of the day. The better team won. Gio, uh, Giovanni Savarese, my former teammate, Carlos Chamosa, my former teammate. So happy for them. I'm so happy for the city of Portland. It's incredible atmosphere. That stadium is so loud and electric. Timber's army never stops. They're, they're just bouncing. By the way, did you know they have a guy named Timber Joey? And you Timber know, Joey I, cuts I pieces of know wood a bit for about every this. goal. Yeah. I know a little bit about this, but then I was doing a Grumpy Pundits and I was sort of Tim was telling me sort of live about it. I, was like, I was like, what's the bloke who cuts the wood? Yeah. And we said it Joey. once. We had so many callers telling me about Timber Joey, where he yeah. came from, what they do now. His dad. Was, it was amazing. He was in the Ring of Honor. Yeah, it's really amazing. Cool. Yeah. For those and, and, who don't know, t- tell us, tell us again. So basically, when Portland scores a goal, uh, Timber Joey goes over. I mean, it's a real chainsaw. It's a huge log. It's 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 a log that sat in front of. It's if you're looking at the field, it's to the left on the other side, the far side of the goal. It's just a huge log, and he's got he's got his scarves wrapped on it, and he just cuts off a piece of a log. And the log, I would say. I don't know, five, six inches thick. And then after the game, the log is then presented from Timber Joey to the player that scored or to the goalie that got a shutout or whatever, the man of the match, all the, and then the players lift the log, fans go nuts, and they end up kind of sealing the log for the players. And then the players, they're like collectibles. So they can donate them or, you know, like whatever it was, uh, December 5th, uh, Felipe Mora goal against Real Salt Lake Western Conference playoffs, uh, Western Conference final. And then you can do whatever you want with it. But that was extraordinary. And then one final note. So Clive Charles, which was one of the first black English players for West Ham in in, in the Premier League, Clive Charles, 
he he was out in Portland, played for the Portland Timbers when he left the Premier League. Well, not the Premier League, but yeah, Division League. One. Yeah, I got you. Um, he went to Portland. He started uh, his own club out there. He ended up being the men's and the women's coach at the University of Portland. He was my Olympic team coach. I was his captain uh, for the under 23s. He was the assistant coach for the national team back in the day. He ended up unfortunately passing away from cancer. It was devastating to a lot of us. Um, huge, huge, huge influence on the game here in the United States uh, in terms of the players on the men's and women's side. So he's not only in the ring of honor, but there's a suite number three that was Clive's number. Uh, so suite three is Clive. And it had like a plaque of all of his accomplishments. My son, Micah, I named him after Clive. So Micah Clive. So it was the first time, you know, I've been talking about Clive for years and Micah, you know, I was like, oh, it's my soccer coach. And he was like, why would you name me after a soccer coach? He couldn't wrap his head around it. He finally got to read the plaque and understand what Clive was to Portland and, and who he was as a human. So I got a picture with him there. And like, it was really cool. Cause now we like, he sees he's in the ring of the honor, a ring of honor. And now he understands why I named him after him. Named after a West Ham legend, yeah. a Dagnum legend, which mm -hmm. is up the road from me, uh, where Ford's biggest plant was the Ford motor company in Europe. Their biggest plant was in Dagnum. No uh, where my granddad yeah. was on the line for like 40 years. I had no idea. Biggest plant in Europe. Uh, wow. it's, all, so it's all gone now. They went to Netherlands or something. It's not a Brexit thing, but it would be now. But <laughs> it was, uh, if you ever want to watch a good movie as well, uh, Made in Dagnum, okay. uh, which is a story about how the women in the Ford's factory in Dagnum uh, unionized and started getting like a fair deal from the bosses, from the biggest oh, Ford awesome. company uh, in Europe. There you go. Let's check it out. And that's where Clive Charles was born. There you go. Everyone want to work there. Literally everybody. I'm, I'm sure, I, I bet you, I don't know this, but I bet you someone from his family would have worked at the Ford plant because everybody worked at the Ford plant. Most people around here who have now moved to a sort of further out area since the plant shut down, everyone's got a member of their family that worked there. So there you go. That's awesome. Should we do a COVID bit? Should we do a little COVID bit? Oh, we, we probably should. I, I just want to get your view on this as someone who's been to a couple of games recently because obviously you're usually working and now you've been as a fan. Yeah. Because we're having this thing in England right now. Well, firstly, um, the government in this country have, have done yet another embarrassing thing because they're incompetent. Uh, so they're throwing another dead cat on the table. And today it's bringing forward um, some further COVID restrictions. Let's not get too far into that. Anyway. Yeah. Party um, at number 10. Party at number 10. There was no party. But if there oh. was a party, they definitely followed all the rules. If a tree <laughs> falls in the woods, is Boris Johnson there to lie about it? Um Passports, COVID passports is my yeah. question to you. I know it's a bit heavy for a week in the, in the tackle, but it interests me. So I'd love to get your view on it because I've been to games as a fan recently and I've not had to do any kind of COVID proof. I've been mm -hmm. to capacity stadiums, 60,000 people, and I've not had to. When I've gone as a journalist, and recently I've been to, to Tottenham, to West Ham, to Chelsea, um, I'm meant to be going to Brighton on Sunday, but of course that, that's in doubt as we record this because of the, the COVID outbreak at Tottenham, which we should get to as well. Um, I've always had to show my COVID passport. Now that's basically something in my Apple wallet updates fortnightly saying my vaccination status. Now people think it's in the front to their like Liberty and that, which, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but it's also a business, a private business, you know, which obviously people who love Liberty love, can refuse you entry if you've not got a COVID passport. So if you love liberty, you must love COVID passports because it's individual businesses showing their liberty. If mm. not, you're just a f 
Aya. Um, <laughs> what's your um, what, what's your take on on COVID passports yeah. for, for entering Stadia um, as a supporter? Yeah. So I I know this is probably the most divi- one of the most divisive subjects that we have right now and seems to be tied into government conversations and we are just as divided over here in the states as we are watching what's happening over in England right now um that's just the reality right uh for me personally I'll, I'll tell you the two Kansas City didn't have to show proof of vaccination but you did have to wear a mask although there were a lot of people not wearing masks in Salt Lake City, in your, in our, your seat during the game. Sorry, or just as you yeah. So in. once we went in, we were in a suite. So when we were in the suite, we did not have to wear the masks. So in Kansas City, what they were asking if you were indoors, if you're in elevators, if you're in kind of the the stairwells to wear your mask. If you're outside, which is an outside venue, um, it was suggested, I believe, to wear your mask, but you didn't have to. I mean, you're outside. So uh, I get all that in 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 Portland. We have our passports. I, I've put our vaccination cards inside of our passports. We're also traveling next weekend, so it's just more of like I know where they're at. They're they're mm. they're just kind of stapled in there. So I got to the stadium in Portland, pulled out my passports, showed the vaccination status. The guy said, "I mean, it it wasn't an app. I, I used literally my vaccination card." And the guy didn't do anything other than say thank you. And then we went in, we scanned our tickets on my phone, and then we were through. Um, so. For me, I'll just say, for me and my family, we're vaccinated, we're boosted. My mm. my my junior high student is vaccinated, double vaccinated. My nine-year-old Micah, he's double vaccinated. We cannot vaccinate our children, or excuse me, our son, Luca, because he's not four. He's got to be five to be vaccinated. So we're, we are going to pay the price on this cruise that we're about to take next weekend because Luca is not vaccinated, meaning that he's not allowed to get off the boat uh, in these stops. In Vallarta, he's not allowed to get out Mazatlan. He's not allowed to get off in, Co- in Cabo unless it's a quote-unquote bubble tour, which is just astronomically high. So, unfortunately, he doesn't have the option to be vaccinated, and it just is what it is. So, yeah. we understand the operating environment in which we're booking this cruise. Um, I don't have a problem with showing my proof of vaccination, but I can understand if you choose not to be vaccinated that you are essentially going to say this is a freedom of rights thing and I shouldn't have to show my vaccination card to get into a sporting event. Again, personally, wherever you fall in line with it, I'm not arguing with you. I've done this before. I'm not getting into that debate. I personally did not have any issues showing Mm. my proof of vaccination in Portland whatsoever. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, there are going to be further restrictions in England coming up in the next, well, as we record, um, the liar in chief is meant to be speaking in a press conference, um, but that that will be, have big ramifications. And I just think that, you know, the, the, the lack of fans thing was terrible. We had to do it obvious reasons. This time around, it isn't as bad in terms of hospitalizations and deaths. And so you find a way to manage. It's not the same as like flu. That's a big nonsense lie, but um, it certainly isn't as bad as it was a year ago, right? So we want to find a way to actually get in. If the way is you've been vaccinated, you have to wear your mask during the game. We might have to do it till February, but we can still get 60,000 into a game. Mm. I just, I, you know, it, the straight choice for us right now in this country is, are you vaccinated? Yeah, great. Then you can come into this venue. You know, this is not a public building. You have no right to come in this building. You don't own this building. You don't own this company. So, you know, if it's a public library, and it's paid by taxes, then you, you, you got a point because you, you did pay for this. You're a citizen. Mm. You didn't pay for uh, Emirates Stadium 
and you didn't pay for Stamford Bridge. Um, I suppose West Ham might have a problem, but we'll park that confusion <laughs> momentarily. You know, it's one of those things where I mean, I, I, I would do it, but people don't want to do it. I think it's very, very strange, but I, I'm just really hopeful we don't have to go back to closed stadium, which we, we might have to. Mm. Um, but I mean, you know, the other if, aspect if we do, this, if we do, we get to hear Pep Guardiola, MF, anybody and everybody like we did in Leipzig on Tuesday night. Because yes. when Kyle Walker took that petulant, no good red card for no reason whatsoever, uh, Pep lost his damn mind. And he was dropping F-bombs and F-bombing everybody within sight for a good two minutes. Which is, hey! Hey, and which I've seen this before, by the and way. And you can't pretend you can't hear him. You can't do oh, the red card, great. blue card here. But by the way, really quick story. I was in Portland. He was the head coach of Bayern Munich. Caleb Porter was the head coach of the All-Star team. They flew in to play the All-Star game in Portland. And literally, Will Johnson and Ozzy Alonso, two of like the barking chihuahuas in Major League Soccer, they just nip yeah. at each, everybody's heels. They kicked uh, Thomas Muller and who was the other one? Oh, Shakiri. It was Shakiri pre pre Lego helmet Shakiri. It was you know before he he couldn't have the but ball for still six monster months. calves. Shikiri. Yeah, couldn't couldn't. And Pep literally turns to Caleb and goes, "Hey, hey, you want to win the f-ing game, man? Win the f-ing game. I don't care." And then he refused to shake Caleb's hand afterwards, and he pleaded ignorance afterwards, like, oh, I didn't even see him. Didn't even I mean, him. you are way over your quota now. That's two. You know. Yeah, that's four. Two that's times, a lot. Two, that's a lot. I only did two one times today. two, or is that two plus two? I'm not I sure. Only did, I only did one. I feel left yeah. out because last time I did like a thousand. You did. You did. Now I'm, I'm making up for it. I'll be gone um, next weekend, so I'm making up for it. But I mean, the, the thing about it is that it kind of, <laughs> it kind of shows. You, I, I, I was at Chelsea Man U a couple of weeks ago, as you know, and like took always there, and Darren Fletcher was doing all the shouting because Michael Carrick was obviously the work experience, and so he didn't say anything. <laughs> But you, you're watching them sort of shouting and screaming, telling you what to do. No one's listening. Mm. Like, it is all for show. It's all histrionics for show. No manager is having an impact. You need the notes. You need the cards. Moisey and the women got it right. Everyone else is doing it for the cameras. Um, I did want to ask you briefly about this Tottenham story. Because, it is, I mean, it's a big thing. I'd love to, you know, people want to know about it. 11 players missing before what was meant to be the Conference League game. Not called off as yet, as I'm talking to you, but it's going to get called off, surely. Uh, Brighton Tottenham is on Sunday. I'm meant to be going to it, uh, going back to my, I suppose you'd call it alma mater in America, my my college, which is Sussex. I'm parking on the Sussex University uh, grounds. I'm going to go visit East Slope, where I used to live. If it's not been knocked down yet, they've been trying to knock it down since 1979, but if it's still there, I'm going to go. Uh, if not, it could, could all be off, but I mean... If you've got 11 players out, now there's precedent here for some games being called off. There's also precedent for some games being played. There's a very kind of specific criteria they've got to meet, and it's different from conference in Europa League to Premier League. Um, But if there's 11 players missing, let's just postpone the game. Why are we even having a conversation about it? Well, even the pushback of what we saw over in Portugal, right? Benfica had to play against, I forget the name of the team, but they only had nine players available. Nine players played the game, nine players. I understand it's complicated because the idea of trying to make games up is so difficult in this convoluted schedule we find ourselves in. And even more to the point, Tottenham, why didn't you just avoid conference league? 
conference league? Really? Yeah. Why don't you just avoid it like Arsenal did? Give yourself a chance. Um, you can't vaccinate yourself from the conference league, baby. You can't. You can't. Uh, Mira. conference league passport. Yeah. Mira. You're still the league Mira table of last year. Um, it, yeah. I would assume cooler heads prevail. I would assume there's a midweek date, a Wednesday or Tuesday, that these teams mm. can make this date game up. Um, but it just shows you. I mean, I think what this does for me, really, Tom, anytime we talk about these breakouts that happen in a club, you realize pre-COVID what a cesspool of gunk we were all operating in. I mean, you think about it. You're showing up. Guys are bringing in every which way worth of type of flu or sickness. Guys are sneezing and coughing all over each other. Nothing's being really wiped down and clean outside of, you know, a spray bottle and, you know, a, a little napkin being washed off and, and being in the tight confines in the locker room, on the training tables, on the massage tables, you know, mm. in, in the, in the pools and the ice baths, we, we were just operating in a different time. So when things like this happen, I'm still not surprised because of, as we all know, we've been in a locker room or you've been in a gym locker room and how disgusting that is when you're just trying to change. Humans are gross. Humans yes. are gross. And we're yeah. learning this now. Humans are gross. They've always been gross. And they're going to be staying gross for the rest of time. So we've already recorded more than enough for this week, but I've got loads of stories because I ain't done nothing for 10 days. So we're going to do a quick smorgasbord of sports stories. I'd like to get your view on these. Uh, firstly, who is Chris Armas and why do we care? Uh, Chris Armas, what a player he was. One of the best defensive midfielders in the history of Major League Soccer. Multiple MLS Cup winning player. Uh, he was supposed to be my teammate at the 2000 Olympics and ended up tearing his knee right before. I think he missed two World Cup rosters because of injuries in like the second to last game or the final game before they went to said World Cup. So I think it was 2002, 2006. Uh, Devastating for him. So he missed out on two World Cups, two Olympics. After he retired, uh, became an assistant coach in Chicago, assistant coach in New York. He was assistant with Jesse Marsh before Jesse Marsh left to go under Ralph Ragnick at RB Leipzig. Uh, Then he got the head coaching job. Then uh, Kevin Thelwell, who came over from Wolves, decided to bring in his own guy. Chris got unceremoniously sacked. They brought in Gerhard Struber to replace him, who was at the time at Barnsley. Uh, Chris surprisingly got Toronto FC. I was expecting them to go for a bigger name. It seemed like there was an issue between he and Josie Altidore. He ends up getting sacked. But remember, that's when Toronto was based in Orlando because Mm -hmm. the northern border between Canada and U.S. was not open. So there was a bunch of emotional things happening. So I kind of give him a pass there. But how it looks is Ralph Rangnick is hiring a guy that he knows well from his time as director of the Red Bull Trifecta. I've been told he spent uh, a lot of time in New York, not a lot of time, but spent enough time in New York watching the way Chris operated after Jesse went over to RB Leipzig and subsequently Red Bull Salzburg. Um, and has been told like he, he really, really liked the way he managed uh, the players. As an assistant, it gets into that conversation where I don't think you can do enough justice talking about a guy who's perfect as an assistant role versus maybe not so perfect as a head coaching role. And Chris is absolutely perfect for an assistant coach. Um, What this is going to look like at United. I don't know. I was shocked when I heard that he was going to be the guy. I'm wondering if Jesse Marsh 
is also brought in with Rangnick at Manchester United because he's been unceremoniously pushed out of RB Leipzig. Even Red though- Bull Mafia, you think? Red Bull Mafia yeah, Man yeah, United. Yeah. yeah. So again, I'll, I'll go back to what I said to you. Rangnick brings structure immediately that yeah. the club doesn't have or did not have previous. And then down the line, I'm intrigued to see what this looks like for the two years after his yeah. stint on the sideline is done. You could tell in game one, they had a manager now for the first time in three years. I mean, that's and, the fact. And they reacted. They reacted yeah. after what? Maybe like three sessions with him and only one on the field? How much did you laugh when Sebastian Allaire scored again in midweek, the fastest player to <laughs> score 10 goals in Champions League history, <laughs> taking just six matches to reach yeah. double figures, equaled some Ronaldo record. Um, essentially, Antonio's backup <laughs> becomes Champions League legend. Did yeah. you enjoy that? I, I know I, you text me usually when Allaire scores a goal. I, I do, I do. But see, here's here's what's not fun about this. It's because West Ham's doing so well. Now it just becomes a, a, a laughable shoulder brush off for you, even though you lost yes. what, like twenty million. I think what's even more laughable about this is that going back last year, Ajax forgot to register him officially for Europa League. So we have no idea how he'd really compete in Europa League. And yet he has more goals in Champions League after six matches than Eden Hazard has Crazy. throughout his entire career. So good to him. you know good what? He scored him. some spectacular, spectacular yeah. goals for West Ham in the very rare goals that he scored. He wasn't a good fit, uh, but his previous club, Frankfurt, and his current club, Ajax, he has been great, mm. but he's no Mikel Antonio. Does Newcastle go after him? Oh, I hope so. I hope so, because he's crap in England, so it'd be perfect. <laughs> um, I love this quote from Luka Modric. Your thought on this? Age doesn't matter. Only no. performances matter. I'm barely 30 years old. Yeah. Luka Modric is 36 years old. This and is like when I speak to people. Uh, so I'm 35 now. And when I turned 35, my wife was like, so you're old now. And I was like, old? I'm in my early mid thirties yep. or in my late early thirties. I'm yep. not mid thirties. Yeah. What are you talking about? You know, but I am old and he's old and I just, he's not on Tinder. There's no reason to say it like this. You're 36, buddy. We've got <laughs> you, your passport. You're not old. I'm old. Cause I turned 45 in March. I am going to be old. I had a tough one with 30. I think I'm having even more difficulty with 45. Uh, is he listen, by the way, he was captain for the very first time on Tuesday night. Did you oh, know that? The first time, no. Yeah, very first time at Real Madrid. So um, a, a shout out to Yellow Card Queen, who listens all the time to the show. She's a huge Madrista and a huge Luka Modric fan. And she's the one that brought it to my attention. Is he old? I'll tell you what, he's one of those players whose body types can continue to perform at a, an extraordinary high level. And the fact that he's a central midfielder and the amount of ground that he's covered, I would love to see, and I know no, there's no way possible. Could you imagine if we could like be tracking and have since he turned pro how many mm. kilometers how many miles he's 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 run throughout the course of his career i i would love to see that data and then mm. we'd all probably go oh, it's cool isn't it yeah Bit of a waste of time for 25 years of um, need to go out for a run <laughs> need to go yeah. out for a run <laughs> yeah probably just some exercise now um two other quick bits on the smorgasbord of sports stories number one uh we waited two months for Patrick Bamford to come back in for Leeds. He mm. came off the bench and scored a goal, celebrated wildly. Looks like he pulled his hamstring while celebrating. Did he celebrate wilder, wildlier than uh, sporting director Victor Aura? Oh, who ups, Who hurt you, Victor? <laughs> what did they <laughs> who say? Who talked about your nan? What happened? What, hap what, what, what could possibly have been said to oh. him 
I mean, it, to be fair, it incredible. it's very difficult to look tough whilst wearing the same coat as Paddington Bear, mm. but he went for it. Yeah. And God bless him for it. But by the way, why is it that it's these directors of football that you can tell have never touched a football in their life, mm. that they're more like animated and 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 it like it's more life or death for them. Death? Did I say death? More life or yes. death? More more life or death for these guys than it is for the players on the field. These guys that pop their top and they're like executives. I just want to punch them all in the face. You're Do not you? playing. Oh, 100%. But it's his money, though. No, like, it's he, not his he's money. Paying. He, that guy's he's getting paid to watch and manage paychecks. Come on. Is he not he's a shareholder? Like a I, I don't know his role. Is he not a Neither shareholder? Neither do I, but he acts like a clown in the stands, and he deserves if he's a to shareholder, get punched in the face. That, but you can't. You can't. You couldn't get him because he's, uh, he's, he's too... He's getting held elder. back. He's getting yeah. held back by a five-foot-eight guy. Hold my purse. Hold yeah. my purse, Jim. I'm going in. I'm winning in. Hold my purse. I'll Handbags at 10 paces. And one final thing, I know you love this, and I just love to see your uh, face and get your take on this. Iago Aspas mm. injured while scoring a goal. Yep. He was like, "I'm injured here. I'm not going to be able to play next week." So he took his shirt off and said, "Book me." Before he got taken off, because Man he's sitting feet. on yellow card warning. Yep, sitting on yellow card warning, booking one. I love it. It just shows you the there's there's certain guys whose intelligence level are just so much higher than anyone else. Mm. And you knew, by the way, you knew that had he not gotten injured, that he was going to take a yellow card anyways because he was going to make sure that he was going to miss that game. Or at least he was he was cognizant of the fact that, oh, my God, pop the hammy, take the shirt off, mandatory mm. yellow. I'm going to be injured anyways. I can come back and play the moment that I'm completely deemed healthy. I just wonder how far he would have gone. If the referee wasn't going to book him, like would he have like sworn at the ref and to. had to like slap yeah. him? Yeah, and then start beating him, uh, and then you know it's like what Sergio Ramos did. Referee's a mug. Remember Sergio Ramos? They were already through in Champions League group stage, and he went and like yelled at the referee on purpose to get a yellow and smiled and said thank you, and then he was off. Yeah, yeah. I I I knew you'd love it. I thought of you immediately. Yeah. Uh, Whether that's a good thing or bad thing for you, you decide. Well, that was this week's episode. Next week's episode a bit special because Danny's on holiday, and so we're going to get a audio recording of him in Budgie Smugglers describing the view. Uh, and we're also going to do listener mailbag as well, a bunch of questions that people have asked us over the last couple of weeks or so that we're going to answer. Plus, Tim and I are going to do a bit of a review of the weekend as well. So expect a hot Ravens chat uh, in the program. I'll find out who the Ravens are as well, which would be great. Um, leave us a nice review on whatever platform you listen to the show Apple Podcasts Stitcher Pandora uh, five stars all the positives uh, Weekend Attack are also available on the SXM app free for most subscribers download today tap podcast video clips and all that sort of good stuff is on Twitter and Instagram at SiriusXMFC Week in the Tackle is part of the SiriusXM podcast network and is produced by Tim Horsey. The executive producer is Pete Corey. Sound design was by Joey DeFazio. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting, Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM FC's program director, Joe Tolleson. SiriusXM Podcasts.